Welcome everyone to today's devotion, and I hope everyone is staying warm and safe, uh, which is why I'm here at the house as opposed to the office. Uh, by the time we could have gotten to the office this morning, the roads would have just been cleared, only for them right about now for them to be um, a mess again, so I uh, decided to stay home. I believe right now, where we are here in Frankfurt, is sleeting outside. So wherever you are, stay safe, warm, hope your power stays on. All of that good stuff. I'll never forget in 2009 uh, the ice storm in Breckenridge County. The only time in my life did mission teams come to help us as opposed to being on a mission team to help others. So hopefully everything will work out just fine. Uh, I want us to look at Acts chapter 12, uh, picking up where we left off Friday. And Acts 12 um, has has some humor in it. Of course, I love that in, in the Bible. But also you'll find that it is uh, bookended um, with Herod, uh, which is strange because Herod doesn't play a major role really in the New Testament. He, you know, he, he pops up here and there, uh, Herod and his sons, um, but here he, he plays a really essential role in the chapter. He, he opens up the chapter and, and his death concludes it. So let's begin here in verse 1. It says, About that time Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James the brother of John with a sword, and when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. There are a lot of things to notice there. One, this is not Herod the Great that, that sought out uh, Jesus as a, a toddler. Rather, this is his son. And uh, there will be other Herods in Acts who will be sons and grandsons of, of that Herod. Um, but I also want you to note that... Um, what is motivating him after the initial execution is political expediency. Um, for some reason, we Christians are just now discovering that politicians do things for their own interests and, and not always for the interests of the community or the public. Oftentimes it is, uh, to be fair, but uh, we just seem surprised by this for, for some reason over the last 10 years or so. Uh, whatever range you want to give it. Um, but here you, you see that his reasoning for arresting Peter was for his own popularity, not for reasons of justice. And this is why character matters in public offices and in, in rows of all rows of leadership. Uh, Herod doesn't care about integrity or justice. He cares about popularity. And that it can be really dangerous in any kind of leadership, particularly when you have the power of the sword. And you'll notice who it is that dies here. It's James. Now, James and John are brothers. It's very clear there. Uh, I, I, last, last year, I did a whole series on the 12 disciples, and we actually did a few others that, that weren't disciples. Um, and um, what's fascinating is that these two men are the ones that went up to Jesus and said, can one of us sit on your right and the other on your left in your kingdom? And Jesus says, well, you think you can drink the cup that I'm about to drink? Like, oh, yeah, 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 we can. No problem. You know, we're not even thirsty and we could drink it. Jesus says, well, you can't do it now, but one day you will. And that is that to drink of the cup was, was to drink a cup of, 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 of suffering, if you will. And so what's striking is that James is the first of the 12 disciples to die. John, his brother, is the last of the 12 disciples to die. It's just interesting the, the, the way that is, uh, the way it turns out. Now, when Luke is, or when Acts is written, and Luke is, is the first book, uh, John is still alive. Uh, so so it's, it's, it's interesting the way history works out. 
But it, it says that he was killed with the sword. Everyone agrees, essentially, that is a reference to beheading, uh, a common way that Romans in particular uh, executed uh, citizens. Um, and uh, Herod the king is more of a Roman than he is a Jew in many, in many ways. Verse 5, so Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Now, this is the central message of the chapter. So if you were to broaden Acts out and say, what is Acts really about? It's really about the work of the Holy Spirit in the early church. And in this chapter, we see that through the role of prayer. So Peter is arrested for unjust reasons. Notice that Christians here, they don't get online and they protest. Rather, they get on their knees and they pray. That is the key response of the church. If only I can think of a good application for, for that. If only I can think of one. But they are here gathered together to pray. And, 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 and they pray and they pray and they pray. Um, I think we would be um, convicted if we really knew how central prayer was for the early church that it isn't in American evangelicalism. And I'm looking at myself there. But verse 6, Now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. That's a fancy way of saying there was no way, no explanation to how Peter escapes except by the intervention of God. So Luke goes out of his way to make such an escape impossible. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands, and the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. So this is clear divine intervention. God sends one of his angels to rescue Peter. Now, uh, later we'll find that God doesn't rescue Peter. And previously, we see God didn't rescue Peter in a supernatural sense. Sometime God does, sometime God doesn't. Now, God will be the one who decides how, when, where, all that sort of stuff, that divine intervention happens like this. Right? Now, God loved Peter here as much as he did in other places when Peter had to suffer. At some point, according to tradition, Peter is going to be executed upside down. He's going to be arrested and executed. Did God love Peter less then? No. No. God, in his infinite wisdom, sovereign care, and providential uh, uh, lordship over, uh, the, over the affairs of man, decided to intervene like this in this case, but not in other cases. Because God can do whatever it is he wants to do, whether or not you approve of what it is God does and doesn't do. Uh, so, so he's rescued here. Now, the humorous part comes in the next paragraph, starting in verse 12. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark. So this isn't John, the brother of the martyr. This is a different John. There's a lot of Johns, a lot of J names, you know, John and James and Judas and, and all that. Um, but this is John Mark. This is the guy that will pin um, in our Bibles the second gospel, the gospel of Mark. Um, we call him Mark so as not to confuse him with all the Johns. And there's a lot of Johns in the New Testament. Uh, he is going to play an important role uh, with Paul and later Barnabas. We'll get to that whenever we do. And um, it's very likely, well, most scholars believe that Mark's gospel was the first written. It's not a universal belief. You'll find credible people on the Matthew side and the Mark side. But most believe it's Mark now. Um, at least since the last two, two to five hundred years, uh, that that Mark is 
is, is, is the first one written. And Mark seems to have essentially taken the preaching and the testimony of Peter and put it in gospel form. So this is that John Mark. So uh, Peter shows up at his uh, mother's house. Uh, many were gathered together and were praying. And we knocked at the door of the gateway. A servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Now, here's another example. We get a name of a witness. They play no other role in the story. They're, they're just a witness. And it's likely this little girl had grown up. And Luke goes to talk to her. Hey, can you tell me a little bit about what happened? And she says, yeah, strangest thing. I go to the door. She recognizes Peter's voice. In her joy, she didn't open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. For, forgot the part about letting him in. <laughs> So it's striking, isn't it? That Peter can make it outside the, the prison, but he can't make it inside the church. <laughs> it's it's a humorous story. I love it. Um and 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 there's there's something precious about it too. So excited that and we've all had these moments, you get so excited, something simple gets overlooked. Okay. And in this case, she forgets to open the door. Now, it suggests maybe they're meeting in secret because of um persecution. I think that's very possible. Nevertheless, uh, Rhoda goes in and tells everyone, oh yeah, I forgot to even let him in. And and notice there, verse 15, they said to her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting and that it was so. And they kept saying, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. Uh, I don't want to spend forever on this. A couple of things. First is um, there does seem to be a hint that they believe their prayers but almost like they couldn't believe it was that good, right? I don't think it's a lack of faith. But to say that they were surprised, I don't think necessarily means they were lacking faith. Um, but let's be honest, this, this isn't how life works. You know, they're probably praying. Hey, when he stands before the judge, he stands before the king, you know, exonerate him. You know, maybe they're thinking something like that. But God does something really fantastical and, and amazing. Um, and um, and plus there is the evidence, the fact that she says, hey, Peter's here. And I'm like, okay, if Peter's here, where is he? It's like, oh man, he's at the door. Well, of, of course he is. And then, then they start coming up with these other explanations, right? It's just a, just a fascinating story. Well, Peter spends time with them. He explains to them what happened. There is great rejoicing. God is answering prayers. The Holy Spirit is really working in the church. And then let's skip down uh, to verse 22 in the chapter. Here we see the death of Herod. So we saw Herod executing Christians and arrested them. Now he will in judgment be executed himself. Uh, he will stand under divine judgment. This is similar to what happens to Pharaoh. Um, he who um, turned the rivers uh, of the Nile uh, to, to, to red, to blood, because he, he drowned uh, innocent infants, so too God in judgment will turn the river into blood. Something similar has happened to Herod here. He who would target the church will fall under the judgment of God. So we see this, skip down to verse 21. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne, and delivered an oration uh, to them. We'll call this a state union address if you want to. All the, all the beautiful people have shown up. And the people were shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man. Now, that, that's bizarre to us. We wouldn't use that language here, but from what I've been able to see in politics, if you're on the left, there's a recent um, politician people just absolutely adore and think they could do no wrong. If you're on the right, there's a recent politician people think on your side that 
uh, they can do no wrong, smartest person in the room, and, and you know, all, yada, yada, yada. Um, so it should be surprising to us that, that people throughout history have put too much faith, almost complete spiritual faith, into a political leader. It's very dangerous, um, as this story illustrates for us. But also, let's not forget that this wasn't uncommon at this time. Augustine was still Caesar, I believe, if, if, my, if my dates are correct. Um, and he claimed himself to be a god. Not the god, not, not someone like Zeus or something, but, but to be the offspring of a god. To have some sort of divine uh, right, divine ability, was not unusual. Most ancient Near Eastern cultures believed this about their political leaders. And so we shouldn't be surprised, but it should surprise us that these are, this is a Jewish region saying this. Um, and, and so, so, so it reads weird to us, but it shouldn't read to as weird to us as sometimes we, we make it out, out to be. Um, and what we get here in verse 23, immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory. He was eaten by worms and breathed his life. So notice that the man who struck down James is struck down by God. And he's eaten by worms and breathed his last. Now that is grotesque, and it is very vivid, and um, hard to stomach, but a clear manifestation of the judgment of God. It's not the first time we've seen God's judgment show up like this in Acts. Uh, but here we see it outside the church, not just inside the church. Verse 25, here is going to connect us with what's coming in the next chapters. And and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. So we got that, that brief mention of Mark, and now we're ready to, to develop his, his character some more. Now, can I just make one other point here? Because uh, I, I think it's worth note, noting here. Because the American evangelicalism has got to grasp this. The church ministry continued regardless of what Herod was doing to it. No matter what was happening in the political system, the ministry of the church did not stop. The work of the gospel did not stop. So yes, there's corruption at the top, there's wild claims, and there's bad policies, and the church is under persecution. Yes, all of that is true. But what that last verse shows is while all of that is happening, God was working in and through his church to reach the nations. And here is two people that give you an example. Barnabas and Saul, and when they show up, they grab Mark. That's despite Christians dying and being arrested. That's despite corruption. That's despite injustice. Do not tie the church down to what is happening in the country. Tie it down to the finished work of Christ and the continued work of the Spirit through the church. Hope to see you guys here tomorrow. It'll probably be here in our house. Have a good one.